0: This is Bobby Guy with the 10 Minute Health BizCast. This is album five, track 10. This is part two of our interview with John Kalkovecchia, continuing from the last track. Talk to us about the second part. Then of the business.
1: We're extremely bullish on the second part too. So, and i put it in context, just think about an acute care hospital today that has a monitoring system at the nursing station. Just think about that model for a second. We've now modified that model and partnered with some great companies out there. And we modified that model and now brought that to the post-acute space. So basically that we're able to monitor patients a passive level. So there's really no interaction by the nurse anymore where they have to take and look at and monitor certain things about the patient. We've now taken that from a passive perspective of a mini mini acute care hospital model into the post-acute space. So what it is is that, just think of like a smoke detector in the back of a wall over a patient's bed. Radio waves come to the patient and we can identify them, their heart rate, their respiration rate their movements in bed, their potential chance for a wound that's happened, a fall risk, their apnea, their sleep patterns. We're now able to monitor those of a patient today, just similar to an acute care, but very much watered down and modified to to the specific setting that we're in, which is post-acute. And now we have a monitoring system. And that information goes up into a cloud and then monitored by our team, the tapestry team of NPs. And then our team of NPs will provide meaningful alerts to the building. And I say meaningful because that's important. It's not because of a blood pressure change. What we're looking at is a trending. So let's say that the patient's heart rate starting to climb over a five, seven day period. That's a problem. We're now alerting the building or respiration is changing over the last seven days. We're now monitoring that patient and saying, hey, we've noticed that. We call in, we email and say, hey, we've noticed that Mr. Jones in room 403A has a respiration change over the last five days. You may want to look at that patient. So now we're becoming another set of eyes looking at that patient now from afar, because ultimately we're trying to solve two problems. And that's kind of where the why comes in of who we are, is if we can lessen the amount of readmissions that happen today and help, help assist with the staffing shortages, because now you have another sets of eyes looking at patients. We can solve those two things. And that's really our why. We're helping the post-acute space that way. And people are just jumping at it. And I'll also close out that this whole project is funded by us because we're a primary care company. We're able to build and monitor on remote patient monitoring. And we're providing these things at no cost to our customers. So they're like, wait, time out. I get this, Bobby, all the time. I get this. So you're telling me that this is no cost to us, and you can provide us. Why wouldn't I do it? I get that reaction quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> we get that all the time. It's pretty. It's pretty dynamic. It's pretty cool. So, and we're bullish on it. We have support behind it. We're able to build for it and monitor it because CMS guidelines expect us to monitor. It. It's not just a reporting company. It's not. You've got to have meaningful data. And meaningful alerts and meaningful outcomes to back that up in order to build for something like that. So we follow CMS guidelines to the T. It's pretty cool.
0: One of the things we've been watching on the podcast has been sort of the integration of data into real time healthcare. And so it feels to me like this is one of the interim steps and one of the even the, the longer term trajectory steps to integrating data into real time care. Yeah, exactly
1: what we're doing. It is. It is why does the why does the acute care always have to have all the fun with all the neat gadgets and machines? Why get the post acute space? You know, they're, you know, when you look at, you know, the industry in the last couple of years, it has really taken a beating with COVID and, you know, the regulations and so forth. It's not fair. Let's bring them more technology. Let's provide this stuff to to the post acute space. They need it the most today. The elderly population is not changing. It's not going away now, anytime soon. The nursing shortage is not going away. It's funny, Bobby. I sit in these conferences all the time and I go to them all the time and I tend to listen to a lot of them. I get some folks say, well, nursing is going to come back in the next three or five years or five years. We see a pickup in schools. It's not coming back. I've been in it for 20 to 25 years. I was in recruiting before. It's not coming back. So unless you change the way you're doing business today, unless you change that, it's never, no one's come walking through this door. And I always use, I use my other sports analogy. Remember when who was the head coach of the Celtics way back when Rick Patino said, Larry Bird's not walking through that door. That's the same thing with post-acute space. No nurse is coming walking through that door is going to save the day. <laughs> it's not happening. It ain't. So unless you bring the combination of technology and humans together, working together, why not? Amazon's doing it. Apple's doing it. Why can't the post-acute space do it? And that's what we're bringing to the table.
0: So you've been in healthcare for more than 20 years. I'd love to know if you could snap your fingers and change one thing about how we do US healthcare right now, what would it be?
1: I actually remember how I kind of wrote some of that stuff down and, and it's funny, if I could change something that happened to, that today and snap my fingers, it would be, you know, obviously I want them to embrace technology, of course, and, and, and be more receptive to technology, the field teams and the, owners, the operators out there. but you know what, government, back off. If I could snap my fingers today, back off. This is an industry that is hurting for two years worth of COVID. They took a beating on that. They were blasted on every news channel in the country. It was unfair. Um, And the regulations are only getting tighter and tighter. They have staffing mandates. They have medication cuts, Medicaid cuts, Medicare cuts. Northeast, Massachusetts, for example, they're still cutting Medicaid rates. They say that we give you an increase. No, they haven't. The cost of labor today is only skyrocketing. So, if I could have snap my fingers today, I'd be writing to government and say, Leave this industry alone and let them do their thing. Let them build it back because they need to. Because honestly, the population is only getting older. So, they're going to need us more and more. And the acuity of the patients getting worse and worse. They're getting more and more unhealthier. They're staying at home longer and they're coming to the post-acute space at the very last bit now, just changing that whole. The government regs and so forth is, if I can stop my fingers, man, I would come in and say, leave this industry alone, let them do their thing and and provide more funding because people should be paid what they deserve. Hope that answers your question.
0: Absolutely, it does. John, thanks so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it a lot. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: This has been the 10 Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks very much for joining us.